Lectionary Lab Live is recorded live in Gainesville, Florida and Brasstown, North Carolina. Welcome, everybody, to the Lectionary Lab Live. I'm John Fairless. I'm here with my Bubba, Delmer Chilton. Say hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Hey, man. Good to hear you today. We're going to take a few minutes to look at some texts, think about preaching for the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. These are the texts for October the 29th, 2023. We are also cognizant of the fact that This will be Reformation Sunday for a right smart portion of our leadership. And Bubba, I'm I'm just confident you've got something to say about that and that we'll we'll work our way through uh, all of these ideas today. Why don't you tell us what you got on your mind? Well, I I just have a brief word about Reformation Sunday. Um, Yeah, I'm in 25 of my years. Week out, year after year, Reformation Sunday rolled around in my ELCA church. LCA, then after the merger, ELCA. Mm-hmm. Among the Lutherans, the acronyms will make sense. So anyway, uh, and every year it's the same text. Mm-hmm. And uh, early on, there was a certain, and there would be community services and stuff. It was a little bit of Lutheran triumphalism, you know. Ain't we great? Oh. <laughs> Lutheran, wait a minute, i got to write that down. Lutheran, Lutheran triumphalism. triumphalism. Okay. Ain't we great? Luther did it. He fixed the world. He fixed the church. Let's never forget what what great things we've done for Go West, Luther. Western Go Luther. Luther. Yeah. That's right. So, you know, over the years, we've become a little bit more humble about the whole thing mm, and, okay. and, and taking it more in a direction I think it goes in, which is to remind us that the church is reformed and always reforming Uh, reformation is not a one-time thing it is a constant call to the church and Mm -hmm. i think that's the theme at least for the last 20 25 years that most lutheran congregations deal with on this day a remembrance of what happened in 1517 and thereafter but also uh, a look in the mirror and saying where are we Mm mm-hmm so the brief word Reformation, every year we have Jeremiah, the word text, uh, law written on the heart. Uh, John's gospel, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free, unfortunately, in the days of Lutheran triumphalism. And if you want to know the truth, come to the Lutheran church. We have the truth. <laughs> you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And of course, Romans uh, 3, justified by grace. As a gift, justified by faith, apart from works, you know, the kind of the mm-hmm. the mantra of being Reformation, Lutheran, theological content. So I, I think as we look at this for today, the key truth for the church is that this is a re- annual reminder of, of that we don't do things to make God love us. Hmm. That's that's one. We don't do things to make God love us. We do good things 
and love one another because God loves us first. Mm. Uh, the law written on the heart means it's, it's it becomes a part of who we are as we practice this. This is the intent of the Torah all along was that it becomes so part of much a part of you. You don't have to look at the book and look mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look yeah. up the regulations. It's just become a part of you. It's written on your heart. Uh, you will know the truth. No, and not in an intellectual sense, but it has become who you are. And knowing that truth of God's mm-hmm. love for you sets you free. Yeah. In what Lutherans often referred to as evangelical freedom, sets you free to live and act because that truth of God's love for you is so deep within you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you, you you realize it, it. It's been a gift. It's justified by grace as a gift, and so you don't worry about your works. The works happen, but your justification does isn't created by your works. It's it's a result. The works are a result of your justification. Mm-hmm. And every year at Reformation is a time to wipe the slate clean a little bit, look at ourselves and say, are we wasting time trying to prove to God and to the world how good we are? Mm-hmm. Or are we celebrating God's love for us? And sharing that love with the world. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it's a good reset day. I like that. And in my Johnny Cochran moment, I would want to say something like, well, if you know the truth, you will show the truth. <laughs> so let's, yes. let's, let's get yeah. on about it. Let's yeah. get on about it. So that's my brief word for Reformation Sunday. And let's move on to uh, 22nd Sunday after Pentecost and the text thereof. Mm-hmm. Uh, got Great theme today, set by set by the gospel, uh, gospel, and commented upon by Leviticus, the great commandment. What is the greatest commandment? How how do you get a better text than this one to work with? Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. and uh, Leviticus text um, is one of the texts that Jesus cited in giving his answer, and tied to it is Psalm one, which is a kind of a prelude to the entire. (laughs) Uh, psalms, I said, what the psalms are about. It sets the tone for the whole Psalter, if that's correct. Yep. And it is an ode to the Torah, and we'll explore that a little bit more with the two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question is, are they two kinds of people before or after they encounter the Torah? Mm-hmm. The truth of God. So, let's go start with Leviticus, go through the psalm, and hit Matthew. And then later, I'm going to hit a different theme with uh, the two semi-continuous readings that aren't actually mm-hmm. paired up by because they have a similar theme. But you know me, it, I can shoehorn and find a theme, and I've got one I want to explore. <laughs> Dumber done picked out a theme. and Done uh, picked out a theme, done, I'm going to... He done stitched up a few ideas for us. I'm going to make right. it work. You know, I used to do jigsaw puzzles with, with a... Uh, a uh, pocket knife in hand. I could trim a little bit if I needed a piece to fit where I wanted it to. Here we go. Leviticus 19, 1 and 2, 15 through 18. The thing that's really important in understanding this text and also understanding Jesus' use of this text Mm -hmm. is seeing all of chapter 19, which often we don't do. 
Uh, chapter 19 is basically how to be holy. Quite specifically, it is a summary of the law, of the most important laws. Mm-hmm. So verses 1 and 2 set the tone for this text. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's verses 1 and 2. So that sets the theme for this chapter. The rest of it is, so how do we do that? Now, I suggest, if you're going to preach on the gospel, that you sit down and read all of chapter 19 of Leviticus Mm -hmm. from beginning to end. And you'll see, first of all, it the words, I am the Lord, appear 13 times. It's a refrain reminding people, remember who's saying this, mm-hmm. I am the Lord, this is what mm-hmm. I expect. It's over and over, 13 times in this chapter. Yep. And it deals with, almost immediately, with honor your father and mother. It deals with parents, the Sabbath, with idols, with sacrifice, with gleaning rights left for the poor and the stranger, about not stealing, about not lying, about not profaning the Lord's name, about not oppressing others, uh, taking care of the deaf and the blind. Then we hit our text. The first part is about the law courts, and specifically Mm. about the courts. No preferential option. This is... is (laughs) There's preferential option for the poor throughout in terms of caring for, but in the court, impartial, blind justice. Mm. Don't 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 pity the poor. Don't don't bow down to the rich. Rich, yeah. Fairness mm-hmm. all across the board. And then the next, the second part of that talks about you do not act out of emotion. You act out of a commitment to love your neighbor. Don't act about how you feel about them. No hatred, mm-hmm. but show them love no matter how you feel about it is the subtext there so that's our text which ends with love your neighbor as yourself then it moves on he starts talks about cattle and two kinds and sexual ethics and agriculture and not eating blood (laughs) no witchcraft no no tats you know i always find it interesting that people that put part of this text and tattoo it on their arm about sexual ethics Forget the other part of Leviticus 19, <laughs> no which says don't know tattoos. Yeah. Uh, no wizards, honoring the old. I like that one. You mm-hmm. know that part, too. Well, that, that, and right there, you said, I like that one, which yeah. isn't, that, isn't that how we are prone to treat a text yeah. like this? Everybody pulls out the part they like or yeah. that they want to get up get on about and, and yeah. you know, raise a rabble. And we we can be so selective. Yep. Rather than, wait a minute, let's step back, okay. And as you've just done, what's the whole point here? Being holy, being separate, being God's people, and listening to God who says, I am the I am, because yep. we got the covenant name of God going on throughout here, too. Thirteen times. Yeah. Reminds of, I'm holy, and you should be, too. Mm-hmm. Now, here, here's the key. So you've got this, and I, I'm going to mix and match. I'm not going to keep sure. them separate. So you go over to the gospel. And the lawyer says, which is the greatest commandment? He has prob- There's a reference here, not just to the 613, but this chapter. To the whole thing. Yeah. To the whole thing. And he's, this is a context. And Jesus, looked, Jesus didn't just pull this out of the back of his head. This is a long, this is a 
major discussion. This is a major discussion that was going on in religious circles in Judaism about in this list in 19 of how to be holy, what is the most important commandment? And he brings an, the answer. He brings the, the heater. He brings the heater. He goes with the old number one. He goes, <laughs> here it is. Here it is right here in the midst of, in the middle of this long chapter. Here it is. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is not, notice, this is not how to love, this is, a, this is, this is how to love your neighbor. This is not how to be loved by your neighbor. Mm. See, we, we have a tendency to, to think about these things in terms of how it makes us look. What was it, Dale Carnegie's book? This is a long time ago, but it was famous for a long time. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yep. Now, the center of that is about the self. The center of that. And how many times are we saying, when you, I'm just going to, you know, Cosmopolitan or whatever these magazines they make jokes about on sitcoms, where there's this article or the other about how to make your husband happy. But it's about what you do to make your husband love you more. Mm. Or vice versa. There's all mm. this advice about how to impress other people. How to, this is, it's all about the self. Mm. It's concerned with how you look. This text is not about how you look. Because this, how to lo- love your neighbor as yourself, then you look at the larger context. It's all about how you treat the other as someone to be loved. Yeah. So you have this text is all about how to be holy, and how to be holy is about showing love to your neighbor in these multitudinous ways. Mm-hmm. Some of which don't make much sense to us anymore. The whole business about not mixing cattle, which has been terribly misused, and some of the sexual ethics lines and all that. But the context, in the context, it's not the specificity, but it is the intentionality of saying we live in a different way, which is rooted in the effort to love the neighbor, whether we feel like it. We do well to continue to go back to those opening verses, one and two. The whole point here is the imitation of the holy to be holy and to remember that at its root, holy has a strong connotation of different from the normal. That which is set apart. God is holy. God is not like anything that we are used to. And to, to live as God's holy people is to be set apart, to be something different. I am, you know, I'm like... We we ought to be living in a way that people go, what? what? Why were you nice to me? Why couldn't I get you to join in the office gossip? Why couldn't I, you know, so on and so forth? And and, and way too often in the world in which I grew up, and, and there were the kind of the holiness codes, whether mm. they were holiness church right. or not, or <laughs> a Baptist this, or the church of God, you know, all the various, mm-hmm. and the Methodist as well, you know, all of this, had their behavior codes. Right that didn't seem to have a whole lot about loving the neighbor. Mm-mm. The separation had gotten reduced to don't do this nasty stuff that everybody else is doing so you can show you're better than them. Right. 
that's the way it came down. I don't know. It's, it's not what they intended originally, mm-hmm. but how it evolves is no matter what code we come up with, human beings being sinful people can find a way to fill it and feel self-righteous. Yeah. And we're better than others. And the real holiness code is the holiness of loving and being kind and generous to your neighbor in whatever situation they find themselves in, looking after them more than you look after yourself. Mm-hmm. Which, at least is, as, uh, which is reflective of the nature and character of God. Yeah. That, that's what we're after here. Not to be God or be even like God necessarily, but to be reflective of the nature and character of God. I am holy, therefore you as my people should be holy. And here, and then it gets real specific in that time and place. And the question for us is not how we imitate what they did in that time and place, but to look at it and say, what does this mean for us in this time and in our place? How do we live this out and how do we make that happen? Absolutely. So, the psalm, I'm just going to briefly talk about the psalm, as it sets this theme for the entire psalms, it's an exploration of this issue of two kinds of people, but at core, it's, it, again, the holy and not holy. And at core, it's talking about those who want to be holy will seek God, and God has given us help, the Torah. Mm-hmm. And if you wish to seek God and seek holiness, we'll follow the Torah and follow these guidelines so that you will seek God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to seek God, you will seek yourself. The wicked seek themselves, and they follow their own desires, most of which have to do with how other people see them, as you read through this. Mm-hmm. This is this is not a prescriptive text. This is not a text that says, do this and you will be holy. This psalm is a descriptive text. Yeah. It's describing what it is that righteous people do, how they live. And it invites people to seek God and the, the Judeo way, Jewish way, the Yahweh way, is by following the gift of Torah, which has been given to us as a guideline for holiness in our this time and place. So as we look at this and and reflect on it with Leviticus, again, the question is, what, what is it we do if we wish to be holy and imitate God? This brings us up to this Matthew text. So here we have Matthew. I want to remind you there are two units here in this text. And uh, 34 through 40 follows what we've just been talking about and the, the great command. 41 through 46 is a different thing, and it's bringing to the end this Q&A session. So. Yes. And if you're going to preach, it's probably best to pick one or the other, and I would recommend picking 34 through 40 and kind of leaving 41 through 46 alone. Uh, Today I'm bringing a sermon I've wanted to preach for 40 years. Whose son is the Messiah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So 
briefly on 41 through 46, this is Jesus saying, I've had enough of this. And he just, there's a Christological element to this. And he is, but he is stumping them. Uh, the key here is this, that after this, nobody dared to ask him any questions. There you go. Enough of this. <laughs> We've had three or four in a row here. Yeah. Enough of yes, this. I'm done. Let me, let me just, and, and you, you can explore that in the commentaries. I'm, I'm talking about 34 through 40, the great commandment, because here they come with their last, they've been questioned and questioned. They've been trying to trap him. So they say, ah. We got another one. They, you can sort of see them huddling. They huddle. Anybody got something? And the lawyer says, I got one. I got one that'll fix him. I got one. Jesus sacked them in the, for a loss uh, on the previous questions. They come back to huddle. All right, what are we trying now? You, the lawyer, you're going to go long. Go you're going to ask says, him for the, yeah. He goes, I got it. So he says, what is the greatest command? And Jesus' answer is not unique with Jesus. Not only, not just that part of it's Deuteronomy 5, the Shema, and part of it's this Leviticus text, but he's not the first to combine it. Right. Many rabbis had combined this, mm-hmm. had put this together. So he is saying, in the great discussion of what is the greatest, I'm with the group that says, <laughs> this is the answer. Mm-hmm. And the context is, out of this summary in 19 of what to be holy, Leviticus 19, this is the thing that is the greatest commandment. And he said, and it is tied directly to the issue of who is God. God is holy. So you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, or might, depending then this, the really key, important word, the second is like it, homo, homios, which means same. It's not, we do first you love God, mm-hmm. then you love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to demonstrate that you love God, then go out and be nice to your neighbor. No. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. The second is like it. And, and this is one of those, the Greek the mm-hmm. indicates. It's the same thing. The same. It is cut from the same cloth. It's on the same level. Simultaneous. It, it is all. that, And I think that's the thing, the simul, simultaneity of it. Simultaneous. Yes. It is all happening at the same time. Right. You, you don't say, oh, now's my moment to love God. And over here is my moment to go love my neighbor. It is all happening at the same time. And they are tied uniquely together. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has said, has, has said, and he hasn't said anything new. See, the latter part here talks to the Christology of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. At this moment, he is saying, this is what you've been taught forever. This is deep. Deuteronomy and Leviticus, some of the oldest stuff you got. This is not the new, people. The question is, we do not need to be told something new. We need Mm. to be reminded of the truth that has been inconvenient to us. As G.K. Chesterton said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. 
it has been tried and found difficult. Yeah. And we have tried to avoid it. Yeah. And Jesus does the same thing with Judaism and says, the truth is right there in front of you. I'm not bringing anything new. I've been trying to tell you all this is nothing new. This is yeah. nothing new. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And the second is the same thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Once you are aware of how much God loves you. This goes back to the Reformation Sunday discussion we had earlier. Once one is aware that the center of life is God's love for us and our love for God, everything else falls in place. Mm. Yeah, 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 City Slickers. I love this bit from City Slickers just because I love Jack Palance. So such a great <laughs> bad guy in shame. Yeah. And he scares these poor City Slickers to death <laughs> out there. Curly. The character, old Curly. And, uh, he, and, and finally, you know, Billy Crystal's character asks him, says, what's the secret of life? One thing. What's the one thing? He said, I don't know. Everybody puts it's one thing. <laughs> it's a for, secret. <laughs> for the Judeo-Christian tradition, the one thing, it's the same thing. Loving God with heart, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, loving your neighbor and yourself. Yeah. That's the core. That's the one thing. And we're still challenged, and we're still not getting it uh, for the most part. And and every once in a while we do. No, I, I don't want to indicate that I've never seen the love of God <laughs> neighbor no. expressed. I have seen it over and over again, but it is still a struggle. It's for very us, you know? it's very hard, and it's why it's a daily reminder that with the 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 Shema. That's why Jewish folks say it every day. It's a reminder for us every day mm-hmm. of who we are. Yeah. So. Moving, so that's that section. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to touch and the whole in, riddle. Yeah, that's it. There, so there's plenty of stuff, y'all. But just in case you couldn't find anything to preach about, Delmer's got a bonus here for us. <laughs> so the Deuteronomy text, 34, 1 through 12, the death of Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can't go because it's a punishment. You go back to Numbers 20. He disobeyed God mm-hmm. because water from the rock, and he and Aaron went in the tent and prayed, mm-hmm. and God said to go and say this to the people. And he went out, and he kind of angrily hit the rock. I'll show you water. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, his, don't go he's, there. He's being punished because he hit the rock, and he didn't say, you know, uh, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, it does, but it, you know. But the whole bit of the story, the part for me that hit the core was, first of all, the renewal of the covenant. Here's the land I'm going to give you. And then he dies. And then it's kind of like a, um obituary here about what a great guy he was. And 120 years. I, I love his vigor was not dimmed, you know. Uh, that, that just plainly that has to do with sexuality, and so it's interesting the way they did that. And his eye was real clear; he could see, you know, all this kind of laudatory stuff. And, he wasn't washed up and hobbling around, and that's yeah. why he was done. No, he yeah. finished full of life. Well, yeah. he finished full of life, and he was buried, and nobody knows where God buried. You know, all this this kind of stuff, and then the transition to Joshua's leadership. 
So there, there's what's uh, there. And in First Thessalonians, which is the other semi-continuous, Paul references his suffering and shameful mistreatment at Philippi, and then he goes on, but still I spoke the gospel, and I didn't do it deceitfully or with any of these kind of bad intentions or trying to raise money for myself or any of this stuff. I, I, I preach for God, not for humanity. Yeah. So please God, not folk. So what I was thinking as I was reading both of those is these are Moses and Paul are Christian models, Judeo-Christian tradition models, I would say, of faithfulness. Uh, They're great exemplars of our tradition. And if you look closely at them, um, their resume is not a great inducement to sign up. You know, it's not, the be all you can be is not a great, uh, Ooh, would not be used these as an illustration, booyah. Yeah. Uh, you know, here's Moses, and he had gotten safely away from Egypt, and he's out in the wilderness, and he's got a good gig going with his new father-in-law Jethro and the flocks and the wives and everything's good. And God comes to him in a burning bush and said, have I got a job for you? Do-do-do. <laughs> and if you look at his life after that, would you want, who wants it? Yeah. Go back to Egypt, do all this stuff. Everybody's, the Egyptians are after him, His, you know, mm-hmm. and the people are a pain in the rear his entire rest mm-hmm. of his life. And then, after all that trouble, for one little mistake, he doesn't get to go in. Yeah. He suffered, but yet, saw God face to face, encountered him face to face. We just read about that glorious encounter, mm-hmm. and the rest of his life was never the same, ever. Those divine human encounters, and he lived out his life loving God with all his heart, mind, and soul, and doing his best to love his cantankerous, ungrateful, difficult, pain-in-the-rear neighbors Mm -hmm. for the rest of his life because he loved God and he knew he didn't deserve it and God loved him anyway and his neighbors didn't deserve it, but he was going to love them anyway because God loved him first. Yeah. Here's Paul whose life was going pretty well. Hebrew of the Hebrews. Hebrew of the Hebrews. Had a good career going in Jerusalem. He was pretty honored. He was given the high uh, uh, assignment of going and get, dealing with these heretics. And mm-hmm. then he had this encounter on the road. He saw Christ in a blinding light, a blind, literally a blinding light. He had this encounter, and he was never the same. And after that, his life went downhill. <laughs> he was yeah. he was kicked around, oppressed, uh, had nowhere to call his home. He preached. He got beat up. He got run out of town. So he ended up cruci- executed. Mm-hmm. But he always preached the gospel because from that moment on, he knew that God loved him. 
way he could not explain. And he served God with his full heart, mind, and soul. And did his best to love his cantankerous, ungrateful, difficult. What am I going to do with you people? People. And at times, there are people who say, I love Jesus, but I don't care much for Paul. Well, at times, he didn't care. Paul didn't care much for Paul either. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, he couldn't admit, beat up on himself. That's true. He, he admitted that he was not very good looking and he was ill tempered and sometimes opinionated, and he was just doing his best mm-hmm. because God loved him so much. Share that love with your neighbor. So a theme for me out of this is we are also called to follow God. Mm-hmm. We have in many ways, most of us have encountered. Had a divine, all of us have a different divine human encounter, but we mm-hmm. wouldn't be in this room if there weren't some way in yeah. which we had encountered and we seek to love God with our heart, mind, and soul. And as a result of that encounter that we know God loves us, mm-hmm. seek to love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. 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 Strikes me Moses uh, and Paul both uh, we're we're privileged to get something of an ex, you know an extraordinary vision of you know why you've been doing all this what's it all for Moses was faithful for a long long time he he uh, he had done his part it was time for a new leader and uh, Moses needed to move off the scene but that vision standing there with God looking out at the whole land being able to see all the way over to the sea and. This is it, Moses. You're not going to get there, but this is what it was all about. Paul uh, endured an awful lot, and he got that little verse, we're not for sure, but about being caught up to the third heaven and seeing things too inexpressible, you know, to say, and and all of that. I, I Besides the Damascus Road experience itself, um, we're not all going to get to see that. We're not all going to go to the mountaintop. We're not all going to get that Damascus Road. But particularly pastors, as you label or labor day in day out it it is tough it's a long road um remember the one that has called us, and I think that's that's what you're saying, Bubba uh, yep. God has loved us. I'm gonna keep loving. I remember talking with a very discouraged young college student in my church a number of years ago, and he was very active and was just troubled by some dissension in the church and how difficult things were and so on and so forth. And I remember finally looking at him and saying, so do we just give up? Do do we just give up? And he, well, uh, no. I said, okay then. What are we going to do next? And, and you know, it boils down to that a lot. Are we just yeah. going to give up? And I know, pastors, you want to give up. Some days, a lot of days, maybe. Questioning, why in the world am I here? Well, we're in good company with Moses and Paul and, ooh, maybe Jesus himself. So, well, I've mentioned this before, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot. We've been on every week for 10 years or, or so. I've mentioned mm-hmm. a lot before. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest things that, that ever happened in my life was... uh my first parish, I lasted a little less a year, 
Uh, it would have been less, but it was a Methodist that had to wait until they got a board. They, get they had to put up with you. <laughs> so, and I was talking to my mama, and I don't want to do sainted mama. My mama had was a great, was a good lady, good woman, good devout Christian of a Methodist Presbyterian kind of style, and um, country Methodist. And yeah. I was telling her about how I was being treated, and she said, son, there is a reason. There's a cross on the table and one on the. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. If they did that to Jesus, why is it they expect they'll treat you much better? The issue's not how you're. The issue is, are you preaching the gospel? How are you responding to the call? Yeah. And I, like I have kept that in my mind. For, I've had moments as we all do, and uh, most of them I thought kind of undeserved. Some of them deserved, <laughs> in which <laughs> well, I brought I was, right on myself. Yeah, I brought some of it on myself. I'm, you know, chief mm-hmm. of sinners though I be, and um, through it all, the issue has been at a, at core: mm-hmm. Am I going to continue trying to love God with all my heart, mind, and soul? And I'm going continue for right, loving my neighbor as myself so far i've given it a whirl yeah giving it a whirl well bubba i feel reformed i feel refreshed <laughs> renewed today thank you for taking us to these texts hope y'all all, all have a great weekend uh preaching and teaching and doing all the other things so uh yeah anything else to say man well they was uh we 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 Talked about this a little bit before we got on the air. I had somebody this week that every once in a while somebody finds us that I know and says, you know, that's a real interesting show. It's a lot different than most of the things I find talking about the text and all that. And I said, yeah, John and I kind of model ourselves on click and clack the car guys from PBS. <laughs> so I just want to say if any of you are have been listening to this and wondering what we're about. That's pretty much it. We're just a couple <laughs> of guys who love reading the text and we yep. we regularly preach and Yep. We we wanna help. So, Sunday sure does roll around, roll around. So uh that's why we're here. Okay, Bubba. Appreciate it. Not much left for us to do today other than to tell everybody bye. Everybody bye. Lectionary Lab Live is a Two Bubbles and a Bible production. Our opening theme is Next Steps, performed by Half.Cool. Today we go out with a setting of Ein Festaburg ist unser Gott. This is from the cantata of the same name by J.S. Bach. The text is by Martin Luther, performed by the Netherlands Bach Society. (laughs) 